Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain. I hope you're doing well. I'm here on the line talking with John, who is a friend of mine from Hong Kong, who has been keeping me up to date on the coronavirus and has agreed to tell us what he has noticed and what he has observed. Thank you so much for taking the time today, John. What is going on that you can see? In a nutshell, I would call this quite possibly the Chernobyl of uh, modern Communist Party China. Uh, I say this uh, because, uh, well, actually, we noticed this uh, since uh, October uh, of last year. Um, at first, it was uh, only uh, some some uh, reports from social media, uh, WeChat, uh, uh, but actually, um, it gradually grew and grew and grew. And uh, I think it was around uh, November, uh, December. Uh, that the uh, the official numbers uh, finally appeared, and when they appeared, uh, it was I think it started from single digits, and we knew that was uh, artificially low, and what that means is that it's it's uh, not not the correct thing, so it's it's false and uh, it's. I would say that there's many unknowns. Uh, there's uh, we don't really have any com- uh, visibility. There is uh, a lot of uh, plausible den- deniability there, and basically, no one really knows the actual numbers. And I, we, I would call that uh, uh, two things. I would call that uh, a, a cover-up. That uh, most people are actually aware of now. So in, uh, in mainland China, uh, on social media, uh, many people are actually uh, openly um, stating the facts as, as they see them and contradicting uh, the official numbers. And of course, the same is obviously true for, for Hong Kong, which has been the uh, place of major protests uh, since uh, June of last year. So there is a, a cover-up, but there's also uh, incompetence, I would say. Incompetence in the sense that because there is a, a lack of a culture of transparency, of, uh, of honesty, uh, partly because that is not incentivized by the system in China, this has really caused uh, many uh, different levels, even within government, to run extremely inefficiently, uh, leading to inefficient and inaccurate decision making that actually compounds the uh, already inexperienced uh, medical system in handling uh, a crisis of this sort, uh, which has basically led to what is occurring now, which is essentially a runaway uh, exponential growth uh, of of uh, of infected uh, and an unknown uh, number of, of of deaths. So, in terms of numbers, uh, the uh, exact numbers are are unknown. Uh, however, uh, there is an estimated death rate of about fifteen percent. Of infected people, uh, we know that the uh, HSI index uh, uh, 
which I would say is uh, the Hang Seng Index uh, of the Hong Kong Stock Exchange fell about 800 points. And so the, there is an economic impact there. And I believe the Dow Jones has also uh, fell so uh, slightly. So the economic impact is, is uh, I would say, unknown, but I would say it's definitely compounded by the by the significant growth, significant growth uh, uh, and spread of this of, of this virus, as of uh, yesterday, uh, there are reports uh, from Reuters uh, stating that the U.S. is actually evacuating its citizens from uh, Wuhan, uh, which is the city where the uh, this virus originally came uh, first appeared, supposedly. Yes. Well, and so, of course, there is, um, as you've pointed out, there's a suspected case of doctors infected by this virus, which if it turns out to be the case, that means it's in the hospital system, which means people who are coming to get sick or people who are sick who are getting to the hospital for other reasons could be infected. And of course, because doctors see so many people, the opportunity to spread if the doctors have been infected is enormously high. And then your medical system is working against what you want it to do, which is to contain the virus, because it's actually kind of spreading it, if I understand this correctly. Yes, the hospitals, uh, according to uh, the uh, videos uh, that have leaked through the mainland Chinese uh, uh, social media network, uh, WeChat, uh, have uh, indicated that the uh, basically the hospitals are over capacity. Uh, there are no beds uh, available. Uh, sick people uh, are are being told to uh, to uh, go home after they have been uh, uh, tested. And basically, uh, there are uh, there have also been uh, this particular video that showed that. There were actually uh, supposed uh, uh, dead bodies uh, in the corridors uh, that were of the hospital that were not, uh, 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 you know, picked up after uh, a significant amount of time. So, which, uh, uh, according to some uh, speculation and and uh, comments, have uh, have indicated that. The uh, system is obviously understaffed right now, overutilized, and the medical staff are afraid to uh, actually deal with certain uh, situations. And so, what we see here is unequipped or or not particularly well trained uh, professionals um, uh, that uh, are of that 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 are. Of extreme, uh, 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 they are a hazard. Uh, they're, if they're infected, they will easily uh, infect others. And basically, we're also seeing the collapse of the healthcare system. Uh, as you said, it's uh, the system is now working against the, uh, actually uh, healing people and, and resolving this 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 crisis. Well, and as you point out, so for a couple of days, Hong Kong protesters and medical professionals in Hong Kong have been trying to get the mainland Hong Kong border sealed. And this, I think, just happened over the last 12 hours. 
that uh, well, the order has been given by by Beijing, no more free travel between regions, no more tour groups. But also Hong Kong leader Carrie Lam has frozen travel to Wuhan. She has uh, shut the schools and canceled public events. Uh, so there does finally seem to be some assertive action. But because the virus appears to be able to transmit prior to symptoms appearing, it's really hard to know how far it's spread at this point. Yes, uh, one of the major uh, precautions uh, introduced by the uh, government, uh, not just the, the Hong Kong government, but also the mainland government, is is uh, temperature check uh, points. So to catch people that uh, have uh, abnormal temperature or fever. So the problem with that is that there are some uh, cases uh, now reported that uh, have patients actually not having a fever, but uh, having other symptoms. Uh, so basically, the check for temperature is not foolproof, and many people could be slipping through the net. And the main solution ad, uh, advocated actually quite early on uh, since since December uh, by the, the Hong Kong medical professionals uh, and their, some of the unions was to essentially uh, close the border entirely uh, for uh, a specified uh, duration. And actually, for anyone actually coming in, what they have to do would be to, to actually uh, declare that their intention to enter the border or to cross the border and then uh, be quarantined for approximately the amount of time it takes for the the uh, infection to show uh, uh, symptoms. Uh, and if after that time they have no issues, uh, no, no, no symptoms, then they will be uh, uh, free to leave. So I would say that does seem to be quite a, a standard approach, I think, to, to major epidemics. Uh, however, uh, this has not really uh, occurred. Uh, uh, however, there there are plans to do this uh, now, so we are hopeful that eventually this can reduce some uh, casualties. But at the same time, we're also very concerned that this is too little, too late. So another issue, I think, actually is which is related to this this. Uh, lack of border controls is that actually few people are willing to self-incriminate and declare themselves sick. As you know, uh, there, there are you know, these, these health uh, declaration forms that uh, one has to sign uh, to enter uh, quite, quite a lot of countries uh, and cross borders. Uh, however, the thing is, there's no one really to check whether that is true or not so you're basically relying on on their honesty and that's uh that's not really reliable and actually there have been cases of of people who uh knowing that they would be quarantined and having uh, clear symptoms uh actually uh took certain medication like like a tylenol to actually uh, mask the fever hmm. and and cross the borders uh, so it's 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 porous. Uh, people who uh, I think should be quarantined uh, 
to prevent them spreading the disease are not being quarantined. And actually, that that point really stuck out for me because I remember there was a, a show uh, quite a while ago, uh, one of your shows, that that uh, described a free market voluntarist approach to 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 uh, dealing with the problem of of quarantine, and that was to basically uh, pay or compensate the uh, the people being quarantined. And actually, let them uh, pay them whatever their their day's wage is, and and then uh, just pay them to stay in a a a, a comfortable, uh, uh, relaxed place uh, of their choice, and just just don't go anywhere, don't don't see anyone. Yeah, and I feel that actually would have worked much better in this case because the way that we or the government right now is trying to do do it is entirely through uh, through force and through our uh, well through or through th- a threat of force, and that is not uh, really working because obviously people don't like to be coerced into into quarantine. Uh, they also do not really trust the the healthcare system. Uh, uh, as far as uh, the the social media uh, comments are, uh, have uh, led me to believe, yes. right? So, and and it's a, the, the the quarantine is a very it's a very big deal at the moment. I don't know if people are aware. This is uh, noonish on the twenty fifth of January, twenty twenty. But uh, as of uh, I guess uh, here in my time, late last night, over fifty million people are quarantined. That is a very, very big deal. Now, of course, quarantine, we have to sort of understand what that means in this context. So these aren't 50 million people isolated in, uh, in bubbles. These are 50 million people who are pre- prevented from leaving uh, a city or, or an area or a region, which means that they can still, of course, uh, go about and infect everyone else around them. So it's not quarantine in the way that you just sort of talked about, which is you get put in a room that's isolated and you can't infect anyone. So they are contained, I would say, rather than quarantined. That is a a huge number of... I mean, this is more than the population of Canada, considerably more than the population of Canada has been quarantined. And the president of China just declared heightened emergency as of late last night, warning of accelerating spread, accelerating spread, which is not what you want to hear in this kind of situation. Yes. Uh, Speaking of the accelerating spread, uh, there is a paper uh, uh, by some uh, British uh, scientists uh, from uh, Lancaster University, uh, in cooperation with some other ones from from the US, indicating that the RO or the basic reproductive number of these infection is around 3.6 3.6 to 4.0. So what that means is that for every uh, infected case, that person is likely to go on to infect around three to four other people. Yeah. So it is a very infectious uh, disease. It is on the same. It's on par with with SARS. Uh, that happened around. Uh, 13, 14 years ago. And so basically, if this situation does 
does not change, uh, we can expect many other uh, outbreaks in in uh, other Chinese cities. And actually, depending on what paper you read, uh, there are uh, many uh, statistics, but they all point to some pretty grim numbers. So according to this particular paper, uh, they say that our model actually suggests that travel restrictions from uh, Wuhan city uh, or two uh, are unlikely to be effective in, in halting the transmission across China. Let me just and, go through these. Sorry, let me just, if you hold your thought, I want to just go through these numbers sure. because I looked at the same sort of tweet series and I'll link to all of this below. Sure. So the basic reproduction number of the infection is 3.8, 95% confidence interval, as you point out, between 3.6 and 4.0, indicating that 72 to 75% of transmissions must be prevented by control measures for infections to stop increasing. So 72, so almost three quarters, just below, a shape below three quarters of transmissions must be prevented just for the infection to stop spreading. And again, because there are reports out that you can transmit prior to Exhibiting symptoms, that means virtually impossible. So this, this, uh, the um, estimator says only 5.1% of infections in Wuhan are identified. And by 21st January, a total of 11,341 people had been infected in Wuhan since the start of the year. If the epidemic continues unabated in Wuhan, right, so that's even within the containment area, the prediction is that the epidemic will be substantially larger by 4th of February with over 191,000 infections. The infection will be established in other Chinese cities and importations to other countries will be more frequent. Our model suggests that travel restrictions from and to Wuhan City are unlikely to be effective in halting transmission across China. With a 99% effective reduction in travel, the size of the epidemic outside Wuhan may only be reduced by 24.9% on the 4th of February. And this is... uh, a huge trouble. I mean, so basically this, um, and this is the 29 outbreak, it's higher compared to other emergent coronaviruses, suggesting that containment or or control of this pathogen may be substantially more difficult. It cannot be stopped by containment alone. A 99% quarantine lockdown containment of Wuhan will not even reduce the epidemic spread by even one third in the next two weeks. And this guy says, he says, I really hate to be the epidemiologist who has to admit this, but we are potentially faced with possibly an unchecked pandemic that the world has not seen since the 1918 Spanish influenza, which killed tens of millions of people. Let's hope it doesn't reach that level, he says, but now we live in a modern world with faster travel than 1918. And just to compare this uh, attack rate, number of infections, the seasonal flu in most years, the um, R0 is 1.28 right? So 1.28 for every infected Mm. person. The 2009 flu pandemic had an R0 of 1.48. The 1918 Spanish flu had 1.8. The new Wuhan coronavirus reproductive value again, 3.8. And there is, of course, some, there are some unpublished estimates that it's actually down as far as 2.5, but that's still twice as high as seasonal flu and higher than the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic, which, of course, was exacerbated by the mass movement of soldiers returning from the Second World War. And this is the fellow. He says, my response to some people who think I'm trying to stoke fear. I'm a Harvard-trained scientist with a doctorate in epidemiology and the youngest dual doctorate, grad, doctoral grad from Harvard, SPH. And um, he says, here are my response. Some folks think I'm trying to incite fear. I'm not trying. 
I'm a scientist. This is hashtag coronavirus, hashtag Wuhan coronavirus is serious. Over 50 million people are quarantined, plus case counts will go up much more. Predict World Health Organization will declare emergency. Let's hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. So that's from, um, I mean, that's the data. That's the expert who is trained in the field. And uh, I've been fairly conservative with regards to things like um, uh, the, the Ebola virus. I did shows on that and said it wasn't a big deal. Uh, I don't feel the same way about this one. Now, John, is there any sense of, not that it hugely matters at the moment, but I think people are quite curious about the source of this. Is it eating bats? Is it the fact that uh, in this city, uh, this is from two years ago, China tweeted, China's first biosafety level four lab has been put into operation in Wuhan, central China's Hubei. It is capable of experimenting with highly pathogenic microorganisms. This lab will conduct research in antivirus drugs and vaccines. This is 20 miles from the seafood market where some people say it may have originated. Is it to do with eating bats? Did it escape from a lab? Uh, this is uh, something that I guess people, we don't really know for sure, but is there, what is the speculation where you are? Yes, so there are uh, uh, two main theories about it uh, that I'd probably like to present. Uh, the first theory is that the, the story about bats actually, uh, that started around uh, last Thursday or so. And so around that time, we saw a sudden flood of, of social media posts uh, of every, everybody sharing uh, these, the, these images of, of Chinese people uh, eating uh, bats, bat soup, like some exotic uh, frog stew, uh, uh, insects, sashimi, something like that. And it, the overall emotion evoked there was just like blatant disgust and so at that point actually people reacted very strongly to this and at the same time i felt that that definitely led or diverted their focus away from uh, this significant government uh, uh, criticism that was actually uh, spreading like wildfire through both Chinese uh, social media and uh, Hong Kong social media. So I would, as uh, others have argued, uh, that this is a form, uh, quite a sophisticated form of, of, of a deception. And and uh, yeah, it's, it's basically deception. So I would say that we, to be frank, are not sure about this this theory. We feel that it is a, while it is definitely possible that the the virus uh, came from bats, uh, or uh, I think it was ferrets, uh, as as SARS did uh, back in 20, uh, zero, 2003. Uh, but actually, we aren't sure about this because this virus is just too good. It's 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 able to spread very silently. Uh, the symptoms are very subtle. Uh, actually, the uh, respiratory symptoms for the Wuhan pneumonia, or NCOV as we now call it, is actually predominantly in the throat. So people would uh, begin to cough. Uh, eventually, they would cough up blood because of uh, some lung complications. But to the large, largest extent, it is actually very subtle. Uh, it could be easily mistaken for a flu, 
and most of all the the victim actually may not have a fever so they can definitely cross those border checks quite easily so we are the more i would say conspiratorial or those of us who do not trust the government so much which i would say is making up an extremely large number right now would say that it is actually a weaponized virus uh, that was uh, potentially leaked uh, intentionally or unintentionally from the uh, the maximum security bio lab in wuhan so i would say that personally speaking i i, I would if i were to allocate maybe 10 points of of a certainty factor to to each one i would say i would lean about eight eight points towards the the uh, bio lab leak uh, intentional or unintentional uh, and two points to the to the bats so i think the bats theory is more of a play on on popular psychology and and uh, and a kind of uh, diversion i would say so i would say just be really, really careful about what you read. Uh, even if those facts are true, uh, make sure you see that the presented facts or the posts in the context of the uh, current situation, uh, what the powers, uh, uh, the elites want you to think, and uh, also what they have to to gain from it, and what their their main main motivation and uh, uh, most pressing need is uh, in order to uh, maintain their their power. Because I would say, at the end of the day, this uh, epidemic is, of course, about medicine, but uh, to a much greater extent, it is about uh, uh, politi- politics, uh, control. Uh, and 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 power, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's how. If I were to sum all that up in uh, in in one one uh, uh, saying, uh, there's a saying in Chinese uh, where we say that it's the the greatest doctors are the ones who who heal uh, uh, nations, uh, entire nations. The uh, more Middle, mid-level doctors uh, are the ones who uh, can heal maybe communities and and do research on on medical issues, and the the I would say the lowest level of of uh, of doctor uh, are the ones who who cure the diseases. So we believe uh, or. Yeah, so I would say in general, we, there is a feeling that uh, the the problem is in is not in the disease. It's it's in the it's in the way that it was handled, and it is in the system that that uh, caused this this way of handling this this disease. Right. Okay, so, so we let, are looking uh, at some let me just issues. sorry to interrupt, but uh, I mean some sure. some thought, thought, thoughts popping in my head. Number one, of course, is that as you say, it is it's kind of like a perfect virus from a weaponization standpoint. And if it was related to eating bats, well, it's not like 
people in China just started eating bats last October, right? So that question of, of where it came from and the fact that it's airborne, the fact that it's asymptomatic for the first little while, according to some reports, the fact that it has such an extraordinarily high reproduction rate, to me, does somewhat quash the theory that it comes from bats. And also, of course, when I see sort of show trials and I see uh, the, the, uh, a Chinese television presenter being forced to go on air to apologize for a show he did talking about how great it was to eat bats, that strikes me as a scapegoat. Also, when the information, as you say, sort of floods quickly, it seems like there's a coordinated attempt to shape the narrative away from the uh, the lab, this uh, biosafety lab. And so there does seem to be, whether it's out accidentally, and you said that they may have released it. I mean, there's a possibility, of course, that they released it intentionally, but I can't, ima- I can't fathom as to why they would do that within their own population. I mean, help me understand if there's any theories behind that. Well, for this theory, uh, there is a subset of this theory uh, that I do know uh, a possible explanation, and that is some conspiracy theories in China uh, uh, blaming the CIA for for the leak. So basically, what they're saying is, oh, this this disease it will have a substantial uh, economic impact, and the substantial impact, and even more substantial impact on the investor confidence. Uh, in in China, and this will lead to actually a, China being in a less than ideal bargaining position at the at the trade uh, trade negotiations with with the U.S. So that is uh, okay. I can stretch it that far, but as of yet, I believe there is no extensive evidence in. In, uh, in oh, I think, I, I think so, if the Chinese government had any evidence of that, it would be kind of front and center because that's even more compelling than the bat theory. Okay, well, listen, I really, really do appreciate the, the time. I know it's late for you, and I appreciate you staying up to, to chat with me. And um, please keep me posted, and I will funnel what I can from what you provide to me through Twitter and other places to keep people informed about this. Uh, my personal opinion is that this is a, a big one. Uh, this is going to be a yes. big challenge. This is not something to me, even on the level of SARS. It's not something to me, even on the level of Ebola. Of course, it's just my amateur opinion. But that is, uh, this is one I'm really keeping my eye on. And I'm telling you, I mean, obviously, I don't have to tell you, but, uh, you know, stay away from crowded areas and uh, wait until we see just what kind of spread this has. And whatever spread you think it has is probably much larger because of this asymptomatic transmission. So yeah, thanks so much for your time today. Please, please keep me posted and please stay safe, my friend. Sure, thank you. Uh, if if I can uh, sort of finish with a call to a, a call to action uh, that I feel could maybe help things, uh, yeah, I would do. say that it is a great uh, opportunity, uh, both in Hong Kong and internationally, to to promote a personal responsibility. Uh, I believe that it is with such an infectious virus that actually centralized control is too slow to actually make the decisions necessary to contain uh, such a virus or and not just contain it, but to make sure that fewer people get hurt. So I, w- I highly recommend that if you're in a major city where there are flights uh, coming uh, from, say, China, uh, please uh, uh, consider uh, wearing a mask. But uh, besides that, definitely, uh, Get in the habit of washing your hands uh, for 20 seconds with soap 
uh, every time you go to the bathroom, wash your hands often and don't touch your face. Yeah. So protect yourselves. Uh, and uh, if you do nothing else, uh, uh, pray, <laughs> pray for this, <laughs> this uh, situation. Yeah. Because right. uh, we do not really see a, uh, an end to this. Uh, at least not until I would say uh, around May, uh, when the supposed temperatures will increase around to uh, I think around thirty degrees or so, and the conditions will make it less likely for the virus to spread. So we have a long time till May. Yeah, and uh, is that because yes. people will be out of doors more or, or less contained or enclosed? Yes. So the idea is that because the temperatures increased, uh, the the viruses which stick to airborne particles uh, will uh, and uh, uh, airborne uh, uh, fluids uh, they will dry out faster, and that means that the virus will not spread as far or as easily. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. All right. Well, thanks again. I really, really appreciate your time today. Stay safe. Keep me informed, and and um, appreciate the conversation. Thank you, Seth. <laughs> 